So what I, I felt like was on my heart to even kind of just discuss and talk about uh, tonight is how we are approaching the new year. We're approaching the beginning of a new year. And this is the point, this is the time where we all kind of really start seeking the Lord, like what's, what's in the next year for us, or dear God, what happened in this last year to us, um, you know, somewhere in between. And as I was just thinking about tonight's service, the Lord was like, I want you to share about positioning for encounter. And that, that can mean so many things to so many different people. Um, and so it, it's, it's not necessarily a, a wide gambit. Or I'm sorry, it's not like a narrow, specific thing you can do to position yourself for an encounter. Because it, there's a variety of things. There's, God's not a cookie cutter type God where he's just like, I only do this on Tuesdays. Like Tuesdays are the day that we wear pink. And, you know, um, he's... He has many different ways that he approaches and encounters his people. We see this so often like in scripture. For example, when you know Jesus was baptized and it says that a voice came out and said, This is my son who I'm well pleased, listen to what he has to say. It says that some people heard a voice, some people heard a thunder, some people didn't hear anything, and some people heard some other random sounds. And so, but yet... God spoke in that moment, and sometimes God speaks in silence. Sometimes God speaks in the thunder. Sometimes God speaks in the still, small voice. And sometimes it's booming out of heaven. And the unique thing that we get to do is discern and figure out what it is or how he is speaking in that moment. And I think one of the best things that we could do is be open and available to the Lord's voice coming to us from uh, many different directions and through different experiences as well. You know, I think it in many ways, if you want to get the, the heartbeat of a, of a generation, listen to their music. You'll find out the heartbeat of that generation. And sometimes God's speaking through that, gener that music about that generation, their purpose, their calling. and Because we're made in the image of a creator. And so creativity lays inside of every child, every individual. Um, you know, we were all with our father beforehand. And so like when we derive from God, there's characteristics that are instilled inside of us that we begin to uh, lay a hold of and live out um, a part of the kingdom. And you know, part of life and the gifts of God are without repentance. And yeah. that means yeah, so, like, regardless of where you're at, you could have talents and gifts on your life that are from the Lord. And also at the same time, God's not apologizing for you. In other words, he doesn't look at you and go, oh man, I made a mistake. And I think we're all f familiar with that we have permission and we have access to heaven. That we have, that there's, you know, because of what Jesus did on the cross... The veil had been torn, so we have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to the, the secret place that, that beyond the veil, when the veil was torn, and we see in Matthew 27, 51, the veil has been torn, and we, so we've been given access because of, the re, because of what Jesus did on the cross and the blood that had been shed for the remission of sins, and so that we become, clean, we become cleansed and be brought 
before the Lord white as snow. It's not because of any... The, the worst thing that we can think of is that like, you can actually achieve holiness without the blood of Jesus. And that's where a lot of the works and kind of judgment mentality goes towards is that you actually have to earn your salvation and earn your holiness. Right, right. But your greatest acts of righteousness are nothing more than filthy rags. Right. But it doesn't mean that we don't actually try to or attempt to live a life that's holy unto the Lord. But that should come out of the overflow of affection, not because of the fear of like he's going like you shouldn't fear the Lord like you, like you know, like an abusive father. And that's oftentimes what we that's what God gets portrayed as in the uh, you know in kind of this the strong judgment hand of God camp as he gets portrayed as like an abusive right, right, drunk right, father right. that all of a sudden loses his temper and says now I'm going to flood everybody and but that's that's not the heart of the Lord you know in Psalms 103 it says that I'm going to cleanse you of your iniquities and I'm going to forgive you of your transgressions. In other words, I'm not going to even, I'm not even so concerned about what the act is. I want to get to the root of the act and what caused you to even come into that place of emotion or mental, uh, you know, despair that you would actually think that that is an avenue in which you should go and why you would sell yourself short. But that's where the blood of Jesus comes in and it begins to wash away our sins and the renewing of our mind and so that we have the mind of Christ and we understand who we are and whose we are and that we're sons and daughters, that we have access to the throne and we have heirship and that we're, that we're grafted into a part of the family and so you're actually invited to come in boldly before the throne with thanksgiving and praise. And so we have the opportunity, and I think even more so an obligation, to come before the Lord uh, in our lives. And, you know, like the Israelites when they're coming out of Egypt, they were given fresh manna every single day. They were given the bread of life. They were given, you could say metaphorically, access to Jesus every single day. But we have a... But we have a better covenant than they do. And so how much more of greater access do we have? And so God wants us to come up there so that we become, you know, so heavenly minded that we're actually some earthly good. And, you know, that's a whole little bit of a cliche saying. And I believe that, you know, as you begin to focus on the things of heaven, a lot of things begin to change as far as your mental clarity in the way that you begin to process and think. And you begin to see how the kingdom works and the various dynamics of the kingdom function so that you can see the plan and the ultimate goal of what Jesus had in mind. The ultimate goal, you know, was to reconcile the world back to the Father. The ultimate goal was to get back to that place of living in, in uh, communion with the Lord like they did in Genesis prior to the fall. But many people don't bring it back through the cross into the garden. They stop at the cross. But the full journey is to come into that place of where you can be with God and just be there with him that it's you know paul said i wish you weren't double-minded and you know that you actually only were you know single-hearted whole-minded and but what happens is we become sin conscious and we become aware of you know good and evil but we were always supposed to just have a mind full of the goodness of who god is and the goodness of uh, you know in the earth but because of the fall we've now become double-minded and so when we encounter the Lord, and that's, I think that's also another aspect that we tend to see is that, you know, God is wanting to bring real authentic encounters to us that are life-changing, that actually bear fruit in our lives. 
uh, not just another whimsical experience. It's almost to a point where like we're seeing like these very active imaginations, but I'm saying, God, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit of these supposed encounters? You know, and what's going on? Or have we actually allowed encountering God to become a, almost like a drug or a form of escapism? Where we're just doing it for the sake of doing it because we don't want to look at the reality around us. And so we live in this altered reality of like, I'm a high and mighty intercessor, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, you're homeless and you're in debt. And like, where's your life going? You know? And people go, well, how is that a, you know, God wants all of you to prosper and every aspect of you to prosper. Your whole, your whole life, your soul, your emotions, your mind. Don't mind me. I'm just cranking this back up. It was a little too short. I don't want to hit it. And so God wants every aspect of us to, to prosper. And I believe when we, part of that comes into encountering him and experiencing him and knowing the plans that he has for you. And I think, you know, the, the common theme that I've heard over the last few weeks or actually even a few months is like when we, be, when we begin to remove the distractions from our lives and begin to seek the Lord with all of our heart, we will find him. And he will hear us. And I think there's so, something so important right now about not being distracted and being single-hearted and whole, wholehearted single-minded and wholehearted and encountering the Lord and going after Him. And so, like I said, I wanted to kind of share from my own experiences of encountering the Lord and just positioning yourself for it. And sometimes it's a physical positioning. Sometimes it's a, it's a heart positioning. Sometimes it's an obedience thing. Sometimes it's just being available. Uh, where it doesn't make sense and it just happens. And so I'm just going to, I want to share a few stories uh, with you guys and just kind of share how I kind of encountered the Lord uh, via through that time. And hopefully my hope is that it opens up the door for you to begin to, that there's a grace that's extended for you to go in and encounter the Lord and see what it is that He has for your life for this upcoming year and what He could speak to your heart and you know and all that good stuff. And so one of the, one of the encounters I had at one point was I had this old uh, this, this notebook and I was studying scripture about digging your own wells. And I was actually reading an article from Todd at the time, and it was about digging the wells of personal revival. And as I began to study out what was being said in this article, I went into this encounter where I saw these different uh, like pools. And each pool had its own color. It looked like I was trying to dye giant Easter eggs or something in it. And outside the pool, there was like, you know, like a shower area. But like when you turn on the shower, it wasn't water. It was like blood that came out. Because it was being washed in the blood, and so like there were these three, there, there were these three uh, pools to go swimming in these wells, I guess if you would, these bodies of water for me to be in. But what led to that encounter was coming through the word of the Lord, and what as far as 
one that was Rhema and Logos that they combined together. And so I was taking this Rhema prophetic word, this Rhema uh, teaching that Todd had put out, but in the midst of that, studying the Logos. And it was through that that I began to encounter the Lord. And so one of the ways to encounter the Lord is through His Word. And it, the Word is alive. The Word is breathing. The Word has life on it. And so when you begin to partake of the Word, you begin to partake of the Lord and you can go in to an encounter through His Word. And so it's important that you keep the Word close to your heart. Even if it's a short devotional. Even if it's like a thing on your, on your phone where you're like, a daily Bible reading thing, and it's like you read one psalm, and then like you read one chapter in Matthew or something, whatever it might be, just so you that you have the Word of the Lord inside of you, and you know, be open and available to you know external uh, resources as well. I was in this another way was I was in this. Uh, church years ago this is geez probably like 12 years ago maybe 13 years ago and the teaching that was taking place was all, all about dreams and visions and it was the most unique thing and probably the least unorthodox thing i'd ever seen is the teaching then began uh, or ended with all right, we're just going to turn the lights down low and turn on some, like, prayer-soaking music, and you guys can just lay down and, like, you know, do whatever. And at that point, I kind of fell asleep, I think. But I had this uh, somewhere between, like, a dream and a vision. Some people would say it, maybe it was a trance. But I, all I know is that I was with the Lord and I was in heaven. And I was brought to these different rooms in heaven, and I saw this room with body parts in it. Many of us have heard those stories. And then I've also seen, I saw this room that had a bunch of keys in it. And like the Lord was showing me that you know this room with the keys in it was the keys to salvation and praying and interceding for people and the lost, and so that they would receive the revelation of who Jesus is and X, Y, and Z. But the what it was that allowed for the encounter was the atmosphere. Or you could say, we just stop everything so that we can encounter the Lord. Yeah. And that's so rare. So sometimes you just, you know, I, I had an encounter one time where I had just completely uh, stop all the distractions. But then you want to know what the distraction was? Worship music. Sounds really weird, right? I had to stop the external things so I could focus on the eternal things. And I was driving down the road and I was just I wasn't having a good day. Wasn't my best day. So I decided to just, you know, I'm going to I like silence. Like when I sleep, no light, no no sound. No nothing. I I don't want a fan. I don't want I don't want the light from an alarm clock. I need nothing. And so I'm driving, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in silence. I'm gonna, it's gonna allow me to kind of clear my thoughts and get everything organized in my head of what's going on to assess the situation. And so I began to just kind of set 
my, I unknowingly set myself up for an encounter because as I began to drive, I came into an encounter. Yeah. And I was with the Lord and I was, we were dancing on the sea of glass and everything and I step on his toes. And when I stepped on his toes, I looked at him and I was like, like I thought I was in trouble. I was scared. But you want to know what? He looks at me and he says, Wesley, don't worry. I've been doing this for quite some time. It's not the first time I've had my toes stepped on. And we just kept going like nothing changed, like nothing happened. And it's just, so part of it is you just positioning, positioning yourself, allowing yourself to be in the atmosphere for an encounter. Whatever it might be, it's, you know, we... We set, we set the mood for dinner. We set the mood for all sorts of stuff, you know, to go out and have fun or whatever it might be. Sometimes you've got to set the atmosphere to experience the Lord, to encounter the Lord. And it may look a little bit unorthodox for you, but that's okay. So maybe you've got to turn off the worship music for a moment so that you can worship the Lord. Because there's something valuable about you worshiping the Lord. It's great that you're singing the greatest hits from somebody else, but, you know... What, what was the last time you allowed your heart to actually do the worship and do the speaking, do the declaring and decreeing and warring or whatever it is that you may need to do? And so you want to, make, you want to create the atmosphere for yourself to encounter the Lord. Another way that I encountered the Lord, I was... Like many, I was sitting in the front row of church. I was an associate pastor at the time in Northern California. And while I was trying to open my water bottle with one hand, and there we go, I was, I was an associate pastor sitting on the front row doing my best not to mock the pastor while he was speaking because I, you know. I was, believe it or not, I used to be a little troublemaker. And so, I hear the Lord lay down. I want to bring you to an encounter. I don't want to lay down. That would be rude. Lay down. I want to bring you into an encounter. God, it would be very rude of me to lay down on the front row in front of where the pastor is speaking and then all of a sudden be in an encounter. Let's be honest. He's going to think I'm napping. And the Lord's like, no, lay down. I want to bring you up. Before my head hit the indoor-outdoor carpet like that's in here right now, I was in an encounter. And I was with the Lord. And so there comes a point sometimes where it's about physical uh, posture. Because the Lord wouldn't bring me into the encounter sitting in the chair. Don't know why. Why did I, like, what was so significant about me laying down? I mean, I went into an encounter while driving. Why did I need to lay down? And it was just submission obedience. That's all it was. Being submitted and being obedient. And so sometimes the encounter of the Lord, it's about the physical position, the physical posture of where you're at and what you're doing. 
but he will encounter you. In that encounter, I went into the king's chambers, and it was a real, like, long, strong out time of intimacy. It was just the Lord speaking to me and th- things that I needed to deal and all sorts of stuff. And but it wouldn't have come if I was sitting on my chair or standing. The Lord wanted me to submit and be obedient. As you can, as you know, nearly every encounter you'll have is going to come by faith. But there's also different kinds of faith to encounter the Lord with. Obviously, it's going to take faith to be with the Lord while you're also in your Chevy or whatever it might be. And so there was this time I had received a prophetic word that the Lord was going to put a grace on my life for me to aid people in encountering God and that they would actually begin to experience whatever it is that I was encountering. And I said, well, that's a really interesting word. But if you guys, how many of you were here on our conference on Saturday night, uh, I was sharing about sometimes laying hold of the promise or laying a hold of the prophetic word. You have to, without action, it's did. Without action, you don't know if you're actually going to obtain the promise or the prophetic word that was given to you. And so I decided I was with a friend and I said, you know, I've never done this before, but I just got this prophetic word that I'm going to be able to aid people and have a grace upon my life that they're going to be able to come into my encounters with me. I was like, care to try this with me? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. So I just began to pray and encounter the Lord. And I said, I didn't give them any instruction or anything. I just said, you, you be there. Experience Jesus. Then I'm, I'm caught up into heaven. I, I'm sitting there with Holy Spirit. I'm having a conversation. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I want to bring him into this encounter. How do I do that? And Holy Spirit's looking at me like, Bonehead, you should know how to do this already. And I'm going, oh, obviously I don't. So why don't you help me? And so we go to this balcony and I see my friend floating. And I was like, well, what do I do? So I like reach down and I pull them up. And I bring them inside to where I'm at. And we go into this room. And in this room we have like, you know, like a chase lounge chair type thing where like, you know, like if you're at like a shrink's office and you have a pillow and like, tell me all your problems. And it's like sitting in front of this window and like light was coming in. You could feel the warmth of the sun and it was shining upon you. Like you guys know like like that's when you're at the beach, but there's a good breeze that's going on. But like you feel the warmth of the, the rays of the sun hit you and you're like, yes, this is what life is about. And so I come out of the encounter. I'm like, I'm not going to tell my friend anything. I'm going to let them tell me. And I ask, well, what did you experience? What happened? Well, and they go to tell me. Well, at first I felt really stuck and all of a sudden I was lifted up out of nowhere. I wasn't doing prophetic acts of like lifting people in their living room or anything like that. I was like, all right, cool, cool. Then what happened? They said, the next thing I know is I start seeing all these like warm colors 
like reds, oranges, something that looked like the sun. But I could feel the warmth of them all around me. And what started happening is we, we stepped out in faith and they were actually experiencing my encounter. And in their limited experience, this was the first time they've ever had a quote-unquote heavenly experience or heavenly encounter. And so through their limited experience, they were in a very loose way experiencing and feeling and seeing what I was what I was doing and so we have through faith we can begin to access even through faith like we can like oftentimes people will ask me to interpret their dreams but if 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 there's faith in it I can actually step into their dream and start telling them the rest of their dream and I can tell them where things are at in their dream, the color of the dresser and how it was on the right side and the third drawer was open or whatever it might be. But faith is available to you and to access it. To access heaven. To access the kingdom of God. To access the realities of heaven. Now, this last one, when I say last... I want to make time for us to actually do this, and however it might be. This last one's kind of an interesting experience. And if a prophetic person's telling you it's an interesting experience, it more than likely is an interesting experience. This is, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I almost said Brooklyn, California. I don't even think there is a Brooklyn, California. Uh, but we were in Brooklyn, New York. I was an intern at the time, and it was I was on the team to help take the offering or whatever. And so I'm standing at the back of the room, and whoever's taking to doing the offering message, you know, and we're gonna give, and you know, all that stuff. And, and I reach in my pocket, and I just pull out some money, and I put it in there, and I look at the bottom of the bucket. I'm like, that's all my money. I'm an intern. That's that's secret code for broke. I'm unpaid. I'm unpaid work. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I could reach back in there, and I could pull this some of this out. No one will know. It's my money, anyways, right?" Then at that moment, I decided to say, "You know, God, you'll be able to do far greater." with this than I could if I keep it. I'm going to give it to you for you to do whatever it is you want from it. But I want to reap. I want to reap in the spirit. I want to reap in our life. I want to reap the supernatural. This is seed going into the bucket, the ground, whatever it might be, and I'm putting a demand on heaven. We pass the buckets, everything that's fine. Uh, the person who's speaking that night was uh, Jeremy Nelson, and he's demonstrating about how you don't necessarily need to lay hands on somebody, but it's all about counsel and might. And so what yeah. he would do is he would position somebody, particularly wherever the Lord was showing him in the room, 
And then as they would stand there, the Spirit of the Lord would literally come, or an angel, and begin ministering to that person, and the whole countenance of that person would change. I was like, well, that's cool. So I was one of the catchers, and there's this guy on the other room, and Jeremy has him stand up, so I go over there. And I'm waiting, and this guy doesn't fall or anything like that. So I start walking back to my chair. Let's say if my chair was like, you know, within the front row over here by the end table, and I was over here by the uh, mountain of prayer requests, and that's probably about that distance from my chair to my to where I was, and all of a sudden, all you see is me drop to the ground, like somebody clotheslined me, like somebody bounced off the ropes in some like, you know. WWE wrestling match and off the ropes and then just clothesline me and I just drop hard. But there's no one around me. No one's praying for me. Nothing's happening. In the body, out of the body, dead, alive, I didn't know. <laughs> I just knew I was, I was in the spirit looking down on my physical body. Going, this is really weird. And I see an angel sitting on top of me. Like, sword to my throat. Do not move. You are not allowed to move. You are not allowed to do anything. And he began to tell me about the rest of the Lord. You think he'd tell me about the sword of the Lord. But he began to tell me about the rest of the Lord. And that how the Lord was going to bring me into a season of rest. And I wasn't allowed to do anything about it. Which, and rest is synonymous with trust. And so to be, to be with the rest of the Lord is to take your hands off the plow. And knowing that still a harvest will come in. Yep. Knowing that the work will still be done and you still will receive the reward. But from that point forward... Whenever I would minister, the angel of might would come with me. To the point where like people would look on stage when I would be speaking, like one of my first times speaking in San Diego, and uh, a mutual friend of ours looks on stage and he sees one person on my left and one person on my right. I thought it was just maybe like me because I took two five-hour energy shots and was kind of like, you know, vibrating. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but he said I saw one with a sword and like one with a trumpet and at that time shortly after that I had just had or before that I had an encounter with the angel of awakening Come on. Yeah. Yeah. sometimes they just happen sporadically I share my encounter with the angel of awakening I'm, I'm, get, I'm in my car I'm actually leaving the parking lot of heart of God uh, it's a church that we attended when we all lived in San Diego unknowingly together. <laughs> As I'm leaving, I look in my rearview mirror and I see an angel sitting in my back seat. Yeah. But he took up like my entire back seat. And I'm like, Lord, what is that? And he said, it's the angel of awakening. And I said, what's that? <laughs> right. Here we go. Like when the Lord gives you an answer, you still go, Okay, what's that? 
But when I looked down at my car stereo, the, the song that was actually playing was Chorus of Angels, which actually the song is basically talking about how the Lord will see, send angels to awaken the hearts of men. And that was the whole song. And the Lord was speaking to me during that time about the angel of awakening. And so when I would begin to, when I would be minister, people would see the angel of awakening and the angel of might with me. One of the times that the angel of might was with me was actually here last year during uh, the, what did we call it, the Carolina Glory Revival or something like that. Yeah. And so we were here, and that night, myself and another person were ministering, and as I came onto the stage... Like, I knew the angel of might was with me that night. And just the presence caused the other person who was going to be ministering to cower and crawl underneath the piano. It, literally, like, the presence of the, the angel appearing caused it to kind of come underneath and, like, hide. And so, just, it's amazing, like, what will happen with just, like, the presence of... God's angelic army and his angelic beings will come in the midst. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And so the, this this methodology of encountering the angel of might, the best way I can describe it is like you can't buy the anointing, obviously. You can't buy an encounter. Right. This isn't Catholicism. And so but still yet where your treasure is, your heart is is also. And where your heart is, so will your treasure be. And so my heart was for encountering the Lord. My heart was for experiencing the supernatural. Right. My heart was on heaven. Yeah. And so that night when I... I wasn't just like a 20 in the bucket. It was like, this is all the money I had. To, like, to last me this trip in New York. In, you know, the cost of living in New York is like $5 million a day or something. I don't know. Um, it, it, it's pretty exponential. And so the best way I could describe this is was like almost like an exchange method, if you would. And, and, and I didn't buy the encounter, but I began to put my treasure. It's putting your money where your mouth is. In this case, it's putting the money where your heart is. It's another way to look at that. How how precious and important was Isaac to Abraham? But yet God caused him to sacrifice the earthly value treasure that he had for something greater. But he didn't realize that there was a goat in the thicket. And so in, in your moment of what you think could be the loss of whatever it is that you value the most could actually be your goat in the thicket and the door to the thing that you're seeking for the most. Yeah. And so there's these different ways that I came about encountering the Lord. And I believe that God wants us to encounter Him. I believe that God wants us to experience Him. And we're in that time of the year, in that time of our life, of where it's important and imperative that we really do encounter him and know him. 
We know him by experience. We know him by every aspect that we could know him. And so I want to pray for us tonight to encounter and experience the Lord, to pray for the atmosphere to be here, for the faith to be here, for the grace to be here so that we can encounter him. So, Father, I ask right now, let that grace and that favor be upon your people right now. Let there be a substance and an atmosphere of faith where we can access the heavenlies and access your presence and be in your midst to encounter you. Like Moses, we want to see you face to face. We want to have a Moses-like encounter and we have a much better covenant than Moses. And so we can have access to go into the Holy of Holies and we want to see you, Lord. We want to see you. We want to speak to you face to face as a friend speaks to a friend, God. That you would draw us near. That you would draw us near. And God, if we have to, we will contend like Jacob. We will stay here until you visit us. We will contend. We will battle. And we will wrestle with you until you visit us, Lord. We are longing to be in your presence and to be with you. Open up the heavens right now, God. And I just want to encourage you. If you need to change the posture physically of where you're at from sitting to, to kneeling to laying uh, to standing to walking, whatever it is, driving. Be careful with the driving. But whatever it might be, I encourage you to change your physical posture. Maybe it's the atmosphere of where you're at. It might be the actual location. You have too many distractions or there's really just, you know, maybe you live with people and those people are not conducive to an encounter. Then go in your car. Go for a drive. Yeah. Yeah. Go sit in a park. But let the Spirit of the Lord come and sweep you away right now. We thank you, Lord.